Some men aren't looking for anything logical. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Stick together, and we'll be all right. Look at me. I'm the captain now. You need to pull it together. Do or do not. There is no try. Here's one. This is the Brian Suits Show. Hey, I'm 770 KTTH. Uh, Brian Suits here, and because my voice works. You know, that's the only reason you, you can't do radio is if if your voice is scratchy or whatever, like you can't sit down. I I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I re-sprained it, but I had a dog restraining one leg, the sprained leg last night. And then when I turned, it felt like I re-sprained it. Ouch. And you know what? It was crazy is it hurts to drive because you, you need your right leg. You need your right foot, as it turns out. Yeah. So I learned that on Michelin, the team Michelin at Le Mans. And so anyway, so I was, I got to say, I don't know what, what the law, what does the law say about when you turn off cruise control? It's against it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's not a brake or the gas. It's for the highway. And I was ent- entirely re- uh, relying on a, a bit too much of it. Right to jail. Um, well, uh, good morning. It is uh, your five minutes at 3 a.m. here on a Wednesday yeah. front suit show. And uh, president's still uh, getting money. His brother on Capitol Hill. No, this I guess we're not going to see. I don't I don't know anything about James Biden. Uh, you have my word as a Biden. That's I love that for you. He my, looks eerily similar. To do I have your word as a Tomlin? You know, how I it, saw that. You're right. It looks like you photoshopped yeah. Joe a little bit. Yeah, you know when siblings look a little too alike? Yeah. It's sort of disconcerting. But not twins. You want a little more differentiation between the facial structure and... And I don't know what the time, the age gap between the two of them uh, is, if they're Mormon twins or, or, or whatever. But yeah, the hair, the hairline, that's the family. The hunter mm-hmm. already has it. Um, and, that, and the next step is it goes white. <clears throat> well, you know, if you would... Uh, could you feed uh, Hockey, the ferruginous hawk, a little bit of uh, salmon? Because oh, he's finally flown back. Uh, well, we're holding up a wind project in the Horse Heaven Hills around Kennewick. Um, and good boy. And and here's why. Because there's an endangered uh, hawk in that's going to hold up the largest wind farm. Uh, and that would be the ferruginous hawk, and and that's F E R R U G. So I'm I'm assuming the, the the basis of that is something about iron. I, I don't know, but anyway, it's a endangered species that is indigenous to the Tri Cities. But is it indigenous? It's migratory. Um, its range, and by the way, the Horse Seven Hills uh, Wind Farm is in a the the big easterly bend in the Columbia River that that where where, where it meets. The state of Oregon, okay? You have your Washington state, as seen here, and then where the Columbia River now suddenly uh, forms the border between Washington and Oregon, that's where this wind farm is going to be when it's done. <clears throat> um, and then you'll all get your strawberry-scented welfare checks and your rainbow-powered uh, love machines, your free cars and all that. And 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 again, in a state with super cheap, Electricity, because of the Bonneville Power Administration, you're welcome, no no affiliation with this company, we're going to find a way to make our electricity more expensive, or are we, because this is a native range of a possibly endangered hawk. 
And it's based on the myth that wind turbines kill birds. And it, I, I tell you, a myth. Now, the, the, um, the breeding area of the ferruginous hawk goes from half of Nevada, half of Utah, half of Oregon and Washington, not even the cool halves, uh, half of Idaho into Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and Canada. Huge breeding area. The resident area, the wintering area, so that's half, half the year. They're really south of Nebraska and the whole thing. But the myth that wind turbines kill migratory birds is so powerful that they're holding up this this project. And this was a big uh, green animal-hugging issue in uh, such as the Germany. And some brilliant Germans, there, there's still a few, found out that, and I, th I think actually it was Siemens, the, the Dutch company Siemens, who, who I believe make most of the wind turbines that you can find in eastern Washington and all that. I, we used to live in a wind turbine farm. Um, and so two things. They do make noise. They're not silent killers of migratory birds. They do make noise. Um, thing two, birds aren't stupid. There are many, many... Uh, obstacles that they have to avoid going down to their breeding territory or, or whatever. Here's what the Dutch found out around America and Europe where people love their animals and unless they're attacking them and then they, then they want somebody with a gun delivered immediately by helicopter. Um, it, what they found out in Holland was if you, at the paint shop where they paint the turbine blades, which are taller than a phone pole, they're so huge. If you just paint one of the three blades a contrasting color, say orange or whatever, the birds don't care. But they can now they can see them better, even though the the Dutch had found out uh, from Florida to the up up the East Coast that the, there was no evidence that the wind turbines were were racking up a death toll of migratory birds. Certainly nothing to hold up a project. Uh, with, but if you can get a guy with a gun on a helicopter, we need helicopter uh, on location, and we need somebody with a gun to uh, to kill the cougar. To kill that cougar, and so anyway, I mean, I, I I would say if it makes financial sense, you build it, okay. But when the financial sense is that the government tax incentives are so big that it makes sense to doesn't make any sense not to take advantage of it then you're making Norwegian batteries in Georgia or something. It, I don't know what the uh, what, what Olympia is offering these guys, th this company, to put the wind project in the cheapest area for electricity in America. But I would say this. I mean, knowing that it's far windier, you know, in Ellensburg and Kittitas Valley and around the Tri-Cities, hey, you know, free electricity. But it will still be, even with the tax incentives, it will be, decades before they pay for themselves and lack of electricity is not a problem in Kennewick all right so there's that but but seeing that the ferruginous hawk is holding up this uh, big project uh, an endangered hawk could topple plant for Washington's largest wind farm in a time where people think it makes sense to take down dams I'm, I'm just saying that I because the 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 territory run the the wind turbines uh, was usually controlled. It was a great off-leash dog park that I used to take my dogs. Um, we never found dead birds. 
never some killabird. And if you've ever, I would say if you if you don't know the wind turbines make enough noise, enough resident noise that you would not stick your hand in there, or much less migrate through there, uh, then you. You can be probably easily bamboozled that they're they're Cuisinart. What do they say? Like like uh, the the people who are trying to guard the Martha's Vineyard wind turbine thing off Massachusetts is that's their their catchphrase. Is well, it's a Cuisinart for migratory birds. Okay, migratory birds don't fly at a hundred feet above the ocean. They they fly at five thousand feet above the ocean, and these things don't chop them up. And uh, Anyway, that's that's. I've registered. Have I have I made my bemusement uh, clear at this point, producer Greg? Yes, winds I tell you, I'm I'm bemused. There, that will do it. Uh, okay, so um, so here it is. Uh, so at the gaggle, a couple things, by the way. The press is finally pushing back because the White House thinks that. The media's job is to take their phone call and never, ever, ever question Biden's cognitive decline, which is on display for anyone who watches. I don't want to hear about how sharp he is when the cameras aren't on or behind closed doors. How about be sharp when the doors are closed? So this is on Air Force One yesterday. She's accusing the New York Times of all newspapers, the NYT, on lacking journalistic objectivity because they're doing a story that was in the news two weeks ago when the special prosecutor said, I'm, we're not going to prosecute the guy because he, he'll come across as an elderly man with, who's forgetful, whose memory is slipping. And they, they called that gratuitous for the entire weekend, and they're still on it. They're still on it. They're saying, you know, if you do a story about that, you're lacking journalistic objectivity. The publisher of the New York Times has talked about getting flack from the White House for its coverage of the president's age. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you think is sort of fair game when covering the nation's oldest president and what might be off limits? So, look, I mean, a couple of things there. Pretty pertinent question. What's fair game on this nation's oldest president guy? And so, anyway, if somebody ring up, ring up the journalistic objectivity. Oh, this president, and what might be off limits? So, look, I mean, a couple of things there that I would say uh, on that um, on that particular particular item. Look, you know, and you know, you you all ask me pretty regularly about the president's age, and we lay out what our perspective is. We lay out what we see, we've seen this president do. Which is that he's not old. And also, by the way, did we all catch the rhetorical device that she employed there? Um, you know, Greg, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked me that question. Of I've been thinking, I've been wargaming through that question quite a bit lately. That's a terrific question. I, I mean, that's effectively what, 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 what she did there is... About what you think is sort of fair game when covering the nation's oldest president and what might be off limits? So, look, I mean, a couple of things there that I would say uh, on that. Uh, and it worked, but I, but not if you can fast forward her. I say fast forward the... The president's age, and we lay out what our perspective is. We lay out what we see, we've seen this president do. We're for it. In the last three years, which is deliver on historic, historic piece of legislation that's going to change the lives of Americans for generations to come. Uh, that, so what... That's called the head fake. And that's one they always go to. But what about what about all the stuff he's done? 
Never mind that he slips on the stairs and then he forgets things and, and just goes off loudly at anyone that uh, asks a hard question. Now, to your question more specifically about um, about the New York Times coverage, is that uh, that display what we believe a journalistic objectivity about coverage of the president's age speaks to why we agree with former New York Times public editor Margaret Sullivan. And she says, maybe the Times and other major media outlets ought to look in the mirror, self-scrutiny and, and course correction are not among their core strengths. And I'll leave it there. Okay, what? I, I don't get that. But anyway, as you see, she turned it around to, well, what about the New York Times and their journalistic objectivity? I mean, no one in any journalism school in any university in America um, can question that covering the salient issue, the salient concern amongst all American voters when polled is his age. And you're saying covering it shows it, it reveals that you lack journalistic objectivity. If the, if the president came out with only one leg one morning and you said, can I ask about why the, why the one leg today? That's being a journalist, for instance, because, you know, that's the thing. A lot of inquiring Americans want to know what happened to the one leg. What's with the peg leg? Yeah, what's the deal? Did, uh, did uh, well, what was the crocodile in, uh, you know, that ate uh, Captain, what's his name, leg? Anyway, it's stupid tangent from uh, Peter Pan. Oh, the one the public that uh, bit off Chubb's hand in Happy Gilmore? No. Not that one. Uh, so so anyway, then the other concern, because we're heading out to L.A., where there is tremendous pro-Arab, pro-Palestinian support. Um, and uh, <clears throat> can can you guys define whether there's something wrong with comparing what uh, Israel is doing to the Holocaust, where, you know, an entire national train system was dedicated to uh, shipping cargoes and boxcars of unheated uh, unheated boxcars of Jews to central death facilities to be killed on an industrial scale, so we can we can finish our job of wiping out Jews in Europe before uh, we lose this war to the Russians. Is there any comparison to that in Gaza? And she fields that tough one. Is it, uh, just to put a fine point on it, is it appropriate, uh, as terrible as the suffering is in Gaza, to equate it with the uh, with the Holocaust? No. Next question. I, I, I'm not going to, this is a very sensitive situation right now, obviously a very sensitive issue. Uh, we understand that uh, as it relates to what folks are seeing in Gaza, it's incredibly personal. Uh, and uh, what I can say is that we support, obviously, uh, our policy in Israel is, uh, is steadfast. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just going to be super mindful. Uh, obviously, those are two different. How many, su I have four supers at this point. At least. Well, she's super mindful. Scenarios, right? Two different situations, what we saw in the Holocaust. Uh, and uh, it is it is two different things that should not be compared. Uh, but obviously what There's we're... super, super two, not just regular two, but super two things. Seeing in, in, uh, uh, what we're seeing, the devastation that we're seeing in, in, uh, in with the Palestinian civilians, what Hamas is causing is devastating. It is devastating. But At least she did blame Hamas uh, for a thing or two about a thing or two. But, okay, but uh, can we consider that uh, the 1942 to 45, the fifth gear one, can we call that the super holocaust and what's happening in Gaza? Anyway, they're so terrified of their base and, and their far left that, that they're going to land in the middle of um, that they can't just say no comparison. No, it's not a holocaust and it's not genocide.
And, uh, you know, sure, you can run, you can hide, but you can't hide from genocide or whatever that chant was from, from last week. Sure, it rhymes on America's uh, liberal college campuses, but it doesn't uh, rhyme with factual. Uh, so there's that. But anyway, that's why she got the job. Um, so the word, word is that Etsy. Or no, I'm sorry, Emily's List threw a bone at her. And, and wants her for a ton of money to, to, to be the CEO of Emily's List. What the hell is Emily's List? Uh, That's the first I've heard of it. Sounds like something to do with the interweb. Can I buy a used paddleboard? Emily's List, Google machine <laughs> comes up. No whammies, no whammies. An American political action committee oh. that aims to help elect Democrat female candidates in favor of abortion rights. Bada bang, bada boom. There you go, Emily. No wonder I never get callbacks from them when I submit my resume. So there's something, something has gone uh, really Holocaust if Emily's List is calling me. Well, anyway, they sound like they're worse than Hitler. I hope I'm not exaggerating, but I'm Emily's never. List sounds like uh, they're worse than Hitler. And being worse than Hitler is worse than uh, missing a break. Uh, by the way, if you want to be uh, worse than Hitler, uh, then uh, you can do a checking of your texting at 800-465-8770. But don't be worse than Hitler. You can't be worse than Hitler. The text line is already lit up like the 4th of July this morning. Is it worse so than Hitler? If you want your mind thoughts read on the air, I, I suggest getting your text in now. <clears throat> um, and by the way, I, I should spoil a spoiler. I gave away a spoiler about Masters of the Air, but I don't think anyone's watching it, so I'm not going to unspoil Here's it. Here's my conspiracy. I go to Apple TV every day just to peruse and see what's on there, and Masters of the Air is the number one stream show. Or is it? Are or they just saying that? Or is it? That? Exactly, because they have a vested interest in making sure that thing is seen because they pumped so many millions of dollars yeah. into it. I don't know if I trust those rankings on any of those streaming services. Maybe this will help. When, <clears throat> when I said don't get too used to any characters i know the one the main character the guy that's played by austin butler whatever his name is he disappeared in episode four is he dead people did not die in world war ii is that what you're um, telling me here's the thing the two main characters were shot down within two days of each other in real life they in fact did meet up as they were heading to their pow uh, camps they lived long lives. They lived long after World War II. Buck and Bucky both survived. So there you go. But I'm, but but I mean, or you could maybe read the book and know this. <laughs> so sorry, sorry for spoiler on that one. But books, what are they? What can they do for me? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so so I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like you can't do a spoiler for Band of Brothers. Okay, Buck Compton wound up in Arlington as the chair of the Skagit County GOP or Whatcom County, whichever county Arlington's in. Yeah, he lived. Okay, so, I mean, you can't do a spoiler on a historical documentary. Um, though it's not a documentary. It's a dramatization. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Have anyway. Have you ever seen Nate Bargatze's stand-up bit on how he watches historical uh, movies or TV shows. It's, it speaks exactly to what you're talking about. I get nervous as I get older because I am already not smart, and I'm in my prime right now. I don't read. I don't read any books. I don't do it, and I think and I think that matters. I do think that matters. <laughs> Reading, I believe, is the key to smart. That's what I've always said, and I don't do it because every book is just the most words. It, it doesn't let up. I mean, 
Every page is more work. It's like, what are you talking about? Dude? Put some blank pages in there. Let me get my head above water for two seconds. <laughs> Celebrating I'm, ignorance. I'm late to the party on him, by the way. He's hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny. When Masters of the Air came out and I said, look, you know, wait for it to be on Amazon and all that, or maybe read the book, and someone texted, hey, no spoilers. You can't do a spoiler on John Wilkes Booth. Or whatever. You can't do a spoiler on, well, let me tell you about that $5 bill. Flip it over and look at that portrait. Let me t tell you about that guy, the inventor of the luxurious uh, Ford-built uh, limousine, the Lincoln. No, sorry. So anyway, your two main characters live through the war. Hamburg, Bremen, Dresden, not so much. Uh, but it's not about them, now is it? Uh, anyway, uh, back in a second, 800-465-8770. Uh, AM 770 KTTH. I, like, I want to learn more about history because I don't know anything. And uh, so I'm trying to figure it out. Like I, And I can tell I don't know anything about history because every history movie I watch, I watch on the edge of my seat. Just, I mean, like, what is going to happen? You know, I don't know. I watched, I watched the movie Pearl Harbor, and I was as surprised as they were. Just <laughs> crazy. He funny. What's his name again? Nate Bargatze. Um, how, are you gonna? Do you want to make make an attempt at the name Bar Bargatze? Bargatze, Bargatze, doesn't matter. Uh, he funny. Uh, the First but Amendment. That's why you don't spoil Masters of the Air? Um, yeah, <laughs> people I, don't read in this day and age. But I mean, he's literally making you a joke about what I'm saying. I know. Is uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, low, uh, low, low wages, high costs. Washington prisoners say they're being exploited. Well, what luck. I happen to have the 13th Amendment right here in front of me. If you're wondering, uh, can the government compel you to work? The answer, yes, they can, if you've been duly convicted. Uh, Idaho has an interesting solution to not legalizing weed. Uh, they're surrounded by weed legal states. It must be hard. Okay, well, so go to Washington and, and get your ganja. Um, what they're going to do is actually stiffen penalties for possession of marijuana uh, of less than three ounces of, of the plant, and, and that's going to be personal use, and it's going to be a misdemeanor, and a fine of, <clears throat> can you guess how much the fine is, Greg? $127 Thirty trillion. Remember when uh, when Elon took one hundred sixty-eight billion uh, trillion seven hundred when Elon took dollars. Tesla public. Uh huh. How much was the share price? Fifty-four a share. Four twenty. Uh huh. Uh huh. Three hundred sixty-eight billion. <clears throat> so anyway, Idaho gets a joke. Uh, House Bill six hundred six would uh, add a mandatory minimum fine of four hundred and twenty dollars. Wink, wink, for possession oh, of less man. than three ounces. So uh, anyway, um, well, so uh, hey, you Washington inmates who claim uh, slave, who, who's equating everything to uh, to the Holocaust or modern day slavery, I got news for you. 
People incarcerated by Washington have uh, have to work for as little as $1 per hour while paying unfair costs to stay healthy and connected with the outside world. Uh, this is the Columbia Legal Services, uh, Columbia University, not Columbia River. Um, and they're a Seattle-headquartered advocacy organization. And they're saying any, any work for anything less than minimum wage. I mean, they're literally advocating that inmates should be paid minimum wage instead of just, you know, topping off their little account card and the whole thing. Then, then, uh, then the uh, amendments to the Bill of Rights or the, the Bill of Rights, the amendments to the U.S. Constitution fell open on the 13th Amendment, the Reconstruction and Emancipation Amendments, 13th Amendment, December 6, 1865. <clears throat> neither slavery, Section 1, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a uh, crime where the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to the to, to their jurisdiction. So, okay, um, no slaves. Okay, I, I can read between the lines on that one. Except for a crime where the party shall have been duly convicted. It's perfectly legal to get work out of people who can't stay within the lines um, and, and stuff. And uh, that's, I don't know, what, what do we do? Do we make license plates still in Walla Walla? I don't know. I, that I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That. I mean, I, there, there must be a list. They used to make those jeans in Oregon prisons called the Prison Blues, and they were terrific. They were on old school Levi uh, machines when they put the metal stamps in and the whole thing, and they were like, you know, pattern for pattern, identical to original Levi's circa 1932. And I think they're still available only online, but yeah, they have people in there making jeans. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I always thought that Sam Cooke song was about prison workers. Uh, oh, wait, what's the song? That's the sound of the men yeah. working on the chain. Am I right? Yeah, because you had men chained together and they were working on rail lines because rail lines require maintenance, frequent maintenance. And they would rent out to the railroad companies a chain gang, and they would walk along and they would straighten out the rails because the trains would, you know, shake them around. And they would rent them for a hundred bucks an hour to the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, and they would give the guys bupkis. They'd give them beans and water. <laughs> okay, don't commit a crime in Alabama. <laughs> There's the implied task there. There's the 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 weighty uh, societal. Uh, lesson for you uh, there. Uh, meanwhile, we're checking the texting. And if you correctly dialed in this uh, order, 800-465-8770, and you're texting us, then uh, good for you. Uh, 206 says, Brian, still seeing coverage of the KC shootings. Uh, all the media will say that it was a dispute between two people. Yeah, no, it's the th and they won't show booking photos and the whole thing because only, only white men do mass shootings. And when white men do it, it's usually with a zeroed-in sniper rifle and a Make America Great Again hat uh, or something. No, no, I, apparently, when gangsters just pull guns on each other at a Super Bowl celebration, and technically with three or more shot, it's a mass shooting. But the why behind it goes away. Text coming in about Nikki Haley's speech yesterday. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Do it. Well, I'm not. Because she one, can do math. One texter uh, writes in from the 360. Is it just me or does everybody get that same reaction to Nikki Haley's voice where they immediately have to turn it off? The only way I could compare it is 
uh, being patronized by a parent mixed with nails on the chalkboard and adding in a little bit of coming home. To, uh, well, I won't read the last part. I've never liked uh, Nikki Haley's speechifying voice. I've never heard her speak in what sounds like a extemporaneous, off-the-cuff style. And she's fine in interviews, and she's substantive, and I like her voice in interviews, but in when, the public, when people she's get very on stage, stiff. whether it's Obama, Romney, Trump, or, you change your voice a little bit, right, to meet the crowd in the gravity of the moment. She needs to change it a little bit. She doesn't change the, the tempo of it. Everything sounds like she is reading a teleprompter, and she is, but it never sounds... You know, off the cuff, like, like you're it's not getting and something yes. like like that yesterday. That was a press event. They they said, "Oh, major speech, major speech," and her major announcement was, "I'm not dropping out." And then she went on and read a prepared speech mm -hmm. about uh, Donald Trump and his court cases and the the uh, the whole thing. Six one nine six one nine says, "I'm currently reading Masters of the Air. Will I be fairly disappointed with the series?" No. But if you're reading the book, then you'll understand that you're talking about this gigantic undertaking. And for the purpose of TV drama, uh, the writer, who, who's a good guy, really narrowed your focus down to a paper towel tube. Um, I mean, you would know you would no more t uh, teach about all of World War II by just following one destroyer or one tank or whatever. And that's effectively what they do, which isn't, you know— uh, it's it's well told and, and beautifully photographed and the whole thing, but I I just think it, it's a missed opportunity that you can you can realize by reading the book. Earlier we were talking about parenting tips in light of that mom fluencer who was uh, sentenced to four one to fifteen year terms in, in prison for child abuse, and we were uh, regaling the audience with stories of how we were disciplined as kids and how things have changed from the 925. It was duct tape and starvation for me. Yeah, only uh, you guys were pampered compared to what I went through. When I knew I was getting a spanking, I put on three pairs of jeans just so that I'd have a chance for survival. My father would not stop whooping me until he was tired. Uh, luxury. <laughs> we when my dad got a got a certain humor about him, he would wake us up half an hour before we went to bed and then make us eat gravel. You ever see that skit on mm -mm. that that Monty Python skit? Did you uh, know that uh, Joseph Stalin could never raise his right arm fully because of child abuse that he suffered as a wee lad? Yep. You know how many things were a lot different back then. Yeah, thing things back then in Georgia and Ukraine. I mean, people literally had to have kids because they kept the infant mortality rate was so crazy that they would recycle names and uh oh what's his name pavel pavel kalashnikov was oh, yeah, the second dude. he was even the, the inventor of the ak-47 his mother had literally had 28 kids no, I'll check. I, I, I'm not kidding about that. But she had so many kids, they were re recycling names because kids were dying before they were nine. Someone sent us a picture of, I. the picture is not coming out the way you sent it. Anyway, this baby kitty was outside her cabin in Shelton last May. Look at the paws. So I'm assuming, uh, is it a, anyway, I can't look at the paws because the picture is too tiny. I would, I, would, I would starve you and duct tape your legs together. If you ever text again, no, I, I'm kidding. That's an empty threat um, and stuff. But th the correct parent in this case is the one that called 911 
when he found the emaciated 12-year-old with his uh, legs uh, duct taped together. So, sir, kudos to you. Sorry, I'm on the address of your emergency. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. We know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry and he's thirsty. He did not need to go to YouTube to know to call authorities for that one. So anyway, uh, all right, a check in local headlines and a brief discussion of the, the weather and other stuff when we come back. Spoiler, uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. So the uh, dude was charged yesterday, the federal wayman uh, who allegedly shot a Washington State Patrol trooper nine times uh, and tussled with the guy on the ground and uh, disarmed him, including the trooper's own firearm, firing a few rounds uh, after stealing it from him. Uh, he was charged yesterday with first-degree assault, firearm theft, and first-degree unlawful possession of a firearm. How about an attempted murder? Well, I mean, that's a bigger case. I, I get it. You charge him, but you can charge him with in 24 hours. Jason Joshua Posada was charged, a 31-year-old. Long, long, long rap sheet. The Kent Police Department detective wrote in a probable cause document that um, Trooper Seberg was traveling Friday night behind a DUI suspect. He was in a, uh, a DUI emphasis uh, patrol. Um, and there was a, there was a woman in the vehicle. She got away. We don't know anything about her, but, uh, so anyway, there will be a penalty for, uh, and I'm going to say shooting a handgun and stealing the officer's handgun and shooting it at uh, the officer is attempted murder. Just, just me. But, uh, I'm, I, I didn't uh, pay attention in law school mainly cause I didn't go. Um, well, if I give you homework, producer Greg, Renton homework. Love me some Renton homework. Uh, and it involves delicious food. Could you maybe give it a shot? Tell me more. Uh, police are investigating a late night shooting that closed a busy Renton intersection for hours overnight. It just opened up at uh, 4 a.m. this morning. The investigators combed the scene at East LA Highway. We, we don't know why this was going on. It's just a, the, the sh lead was thrown. The intersection was strewn with more than a dozen evidence markers that did not reopen until uh, 4 a.m. this morning. Video from the era showed that a bullet, a bullet shattered the window of a nearby Himalayan cafe called the Himalayan Cafe. Crime scene technicians were seen taking photos and measurements there. Ren police have not released information about how many people uh, were hurt or what led up again first. So it's the Indian uh, Himalayan uh, restaurant. So I don't have any cash. Does that include non-bread? Probably like that. That's my, that is my nemesis. Some fresh non bread. Yeah, that's that's oh, baby. Uh, yeah, you dip that in their various sauces, the various masalas on. But the um, uh, the pictures of it look great. You know the the sauce and the meat and the 
the rice and all the non-keto stuff mocking me and then the non-bread, which ever, ever get that stuff at Trader Joe's? Oh yeah, and just heat it up either in the oven or in the microwave. Yeah, the way to the way to if you can get the more direct heat, the better. Just yeah. you know, put it on their. Um, oh, how you know, about a little time. air fryer action? On yeah, the you want you want it crisp on the outside, but then still warm and doughy on the inside. And then you oh, dip baby. it in the stuff, and then you eat it with your mouth. And then you go yum. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and so there's a, there's a great place. I hate to say it in Olympia, um, but uh, it's a real it's a it's a deal when when we can go. Um, Colorado man still dead after his pet Gila monster bit him. The uh, what we decided was hemoderma, and that's a silent G, right? Yeah, um, like um, euros, uh, like euros or uh, Quixotic. Only that's an X, not not a G. <laughs> You're still up on that after two years. Yes, I am. So Everybody, wrong. no one say Quixotic. It's Quixotic. You're so, losing your mind. You there, Senor Quixote, get over here and, and get me another mimosa, <laughs> por favor. It's not, it's not called a hylophone. And, uh, it's a xylophone. Well, because it's not a Spanish instrument uh, is why. How about uh, that? As far as you know. <clears throat> a uh, multi-nation operations group took down the world's most harmful cyber criminal group. Uh, Lockbit is now locked up. A little bit. Uh, that, it's malware that have been used as many as 2,000 ransomware attacks in the last two years. These, This was the malware that was used primarily targeting hospitals. And the reason is because, and this is a life lesson, folks, hospitals, small hospital, uh, you know, HMOs, they tend to, when you lock up their data and go, hello, we are Lockbit, we may be... In the Canary Islands, we might be in Russia. They tend to pay what they ask for, so they unlock the data. And then they never tell you. And oftentimes, they never alert law enforcement um, because they're smaller and they say not the face and the whole thing. Well, anyway, this is the the, the um, malware that uh, this particular group was using was targeted towards healthcare, And it, it locked up your data and it's... Set on the on the on the screen. Hi, you're stupid. You didn't pay attention to your annual power PowerPoint about no before you click or whatever. And this is what you get. This is what you get for being late. We locked up your data. And the the, the thing is, they do unlock it. That's the thing. And they they market it so well. They're like, here's some satisfied customers, but don't report them to the uh, to the police. Uh, but it was Interpol and Scotland Yard and the FBI and uh, the whole thing. So. Take take that, you miscreants! The long arm of the law um, comes at you uh, in data packets or, or something. Well, so um, I guess because the story fell off the radar, I didn't know how evil this woman was. Um, the, the the evil vlogger who got but twenty to thirty years because she was she was not a parenting YouTuber; she was a, just an evil woman. Um, behind a pretty smile, I'll, I'll grant her that. But now she's, by, by the way, she's such a psycho. She's blaming her female business partner uh, who, who convinced her that dark was light and light was dark or something like that. She couldn't see uh, how evil she was. But I'm, I'm sorry, in, in Utah, in the summer, making your kids stand in the direct sunlight for days 
I mean, you're trying to kill them at that point, and that's not going to be on your blog. Wait, let me make sure it's on the video. The Utah mother of six once gained notoriety for her YouTube channel, Eight Passengers. But a darker side to her parenting revealed last year when she pleaded guilty to four counts of aggravated child abuse, including inflicting physical torture. As part of her plea agreement, Frankie admitting to forcing one child to stay outside in direct sunlight for several days. What? Isn't that nuts? Brutal. Uh, and then you have to think of that. You know, no, normally an American, we, we, you know, if you live in a hot, deserty area, you might say, boy, it's just tough to be out there gardening my kale for tomorrow's episode of Eight Passengers. Um, what I'll do is I'll discipline the kids by making them stand in the direct sunlight. I mean, that's life-threatening. Sorry. Uh, an 11-year-old kid, a 12-year-old kid, stand in direct sunlight. In the sun, a wild stab, she didn't give him a camelback, you know, full of ice water or, or something. But, I mean, um, so 6 million followers on YouTube. And this is where I would attribute part of her behavior to the to the, 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 the siren song of the celebrity culture. Now, the several hundred thousand dollars a month with all those followers on YouTube doesn't hurt. But, I mean... Uh, her superpower was cranking kids out, and then her other superpower was torturing them, uh, or something. But I mean, you know, they and they moved to Southern Utah where there was, you know, fewer people to call nine one one. You know, when when your emaciated kid ran away and the whole thing. But the sun there in in that part of of uh, the Southwest U.S. it's a different deal. You don't get it here. Um, maybe on one day in August, but you don't get it like you do down there. And and this is just evil. As part of her plea agreement, Frankie admitting to forcing one child to stay outside in direct sunlight for several days. So I don't know. I mean, at <clears throat> I, I have no idea what her family situation is and the whole thing. But uh, and and the the kids, God bless them. You know, they they still love her and they're crying that they're being separated from their mom. If I was that kid. In the fullness of time, when you grow up and you realize maybe you have your own kids and you realize what devious bend in the mind it really takes to say, I know, I'll have you stand outside. It's August 2nd. Let's do that. Guess what? Now this is happening. That That's really evil. Really, really evil. So um, anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, tomorrow, a uh, practice Thursday. Um, how is that uh, war? How is that non-war um, against uh, for freedom of navigation and against people shooting missiles at uh, oil tankers. How's that going? We'll uh, catch up on that tomorrow. So uh, join us. Uh, and we don't have any uh, sports ball to talk about, do we? Uh, boy, March Madness is still a few weeks away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Pablo Sandoval has lost a lot of weight. I think the Mariners reported for spring training. Yeah, I saw a Julio Rodriguez uh, interview. Uh, Shohei Otani looks great in batting practice. Uh, Another thing that people in Seattle don't care about. Uh, Anyway, we'll cover all that, including speculation of why we're not seeing any sports ball. Uh, Tomorrow, won't you be here um, at... uh, uh, Follow me on Twitter, at Dark Secret Place. And we'll see you back here bright and early at 6 a.m. for a full contact practice Thursday on AM 770 KTTH. Goodbye.